Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. The 23rd of July, 2022. This is myself, Macca, and Deputy Lord Mayor Nicholas Rees. We spoke with uh, the uh, Honourable Robert Redlick, the head of IBAC, and we talked about the widespread misuse of public resources for political purpose and a number of other matters that we raised in that interview that were really, really interesting. And again, this was one of the top podcast downloads for 2022. Our next guest is uh, the Honourable Robert Redlick AM, who is the, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, uh, Commissioner of the Independent Broad-Based Anti-Corruption Commission. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. It's uh, Macca here. My co-host, Robert, is uh, Deputy Lord Mayor Nick Reese. I wanted, to, you finalised your report and you did some, some work with the Victorian Ombudsman as well. Can you briefly tell us, Robert, what the investigation was about and broadly what the findings were? Certainly. Uh, so we received between us referrals both from the Attorney-General and Parliament to investigate a very specific allegation, namely that uh, some senior people in the moderate right faction of the ALP have been engaged in branch stacking which with the consequence of a misuse of public resources uh, and on the basis of those referrals um, we conducted an extensive investigation we uh, called 26 witnesses in private examinations those witnesses including the Premier and we called seven witnesses in public examinations the key findings which we made arising from the investigations demonstrated that there had been a misuse of staff for factional work, that the work related to branch stacking, that publicly funded jobs were given to factional allies and operatives, and we also examined the grants that were made to some community organisations who were through their operatives providing some factional support. But it became clear from the totality of the evidence, including the review which was undertaken by the ALP through Mrs Brax and Macklin, that the branch stacking and the misuse of uh, public resources was not to one faction of the ALP, but indeed uh, occurred across the board and regrettably that it's been endemic, according to former Minister Scott. It's been going on for at least 50 years. Wow. So the recommendations uh, you've made, we'll, we'll cover those briefly in a moment. If I was yes. to say that, you know, some people will say, oh, there's a few rotten apples in the party, or is it a case that the orchard is diseased? The whole orchard? Yes. It is? Well... Uh, obviously it's important to make this 
significant qualification, um, there's always a danger in generalisations. Yeah. Because uh, I don't doubt for a second that there are many members of parliament whose motives are entirely altruistic um, and that shouldn't ever be forgotten. But uh, regrettably, uh, a, a culture which is so endemic, embedded and practised for so long must mean that for many, the moral compass became distorted uh, and um, it became an accepted thing that staff, public resources could be utilised for party political purposes or for the individual uh, needs of the members of parliament. Robert, it's Nicholas Reese here. Great to have you on the program. I think you um, have delivered a very important report uh, and I'm delighted to see that the government has said they will implement all 21 recommendations uh, and you do detail, I think, uh, egregious uh, unethical behaviour. Having put that out there, I do want to test you on something. Um, sure. Most people would say branch stacking in a political party. Tell me something I don't know. Uh, but if you read Frank Hardy's novel yes. Power Without Glory, written in 1950, set in uh, sort of World yes. War I, it talks about a, a Labor politician in cahoots with the Catholic Archbishop of the day doing a bit of uh, branch stacking around the uh, diocese of uh, Melbourne. Uh, you know, that was a set 100 years ago. What What is new and why has a line been crossed here um, compared to past behaviours? Uh, well, I think it's important that uh, it's understood by the community at large that um, although the Integrity Commission's jurisdiction is enlivened only where there is a reasonable suspicion that a relevant criminal offence has been committed, uh, once that threshold has been met, and that's got to be met at the outset if an investigation is to be undertaken, once that threshold is met, the investigation gets underway. And quite often, the end result of the investigation is not that uh, criminal offences have been established, but almost inevitably the institutional failings which gave rise to the conduct under investigation are exposed. And what's significant here and what is new is a recognition by government and hopefully by the coalition and other major parties when they come to address our proposed recommendations that there has for so long been a lack of accountability uh, in Parliament for unethical conduct. There's been no accountability and there's been no structure in place to monitor the behaviour of members of Parliament. And that's what's significant, that we've identified these failings. They became apparent, of course, during the Ombudsman's red shirt investigation. Uh, and if um, members of parliament are true to the commitment that is now being made, uh, we will see, I would think, a major transformation in the way members of parliament go about their business. 
Can I ask Robert? Obviously, all the evidence that you that you know the commission took, and you know I put my hand up here. I watched a lot of it online. It was uh, was was pretty gripping, pretty disappointing watching it. And I give credit to you and your staff for the way you ask the questions. Uh, <laughs> people find it pretty difficult to answer. You know, when in, in the way obviously they're obliged to, but how you ask the questions. Can I ask a transcript of your inquiry and the evidence? Is that available, or, or any is any of it redacted, or is it available? Uh, the the evidence that was given in the public hearings is um, the evidence that the transcripts of the evidence of all of the private examinations of the twenty six persons is not simply because. Um, by definition, the Act provides that if uh, the person uh, is to only give evidence in a private examination, mm. um, they're, they're, the totality of their evidence can't be reproduced. But as the report indicates, we have extracted from that evidence that was given in private all of the significant features of each person's evidence that contributed to our ultimate conclusions. Right. And that's all contained in the report. Can I ask, Robert, are you familiar with a practice called double hatting? Which basic, double hatting? Double hatting. So basically... Oh, I'm sorry, yes. Uh, you know, where a company engages a, a lobbying firm or an advocacy firm to put a position to government, it might be, you know, for... Uh, a grant to be given. Yes. And what that organisation yes. does is it provides staff to the government to run campaigns or to support members of parliament. It was covered a little bit in the Coldrake report in Queensland. In New South Wales and Victoria, uh, this happens. What is your view on that? Because donations, it's not declared as a donation. The Employ the cost of those employees is actually claimed as a tax deduction by the lobbying firm, not as a political donation. Yes. What, what's your view on this? Because to me, this is exactly the same sort of thing, but it's actually worse because an organisation is providing staff and resources to a government, to a minister or to a member of parliament, and the public have no visibility of this. And it's also claimed as a tax deduction. I mean, it's not very good, is it? Yes. I think it's a good analogy to the current uh, issue. Operation Sandon, which was the investigation into the Casey Council, yep. which is now unfortunately stalled because of litigation in the Supreme Court commenced by the uh, principal developer, Mr Woodman, contains, when the report is ultimately published, a very large number of recommendations spanning lobbying, donations, ministerial advisers' conduct, a vast number of planning recommendations. But in particular, um, we have focused on lobbying because there is, as, uh, as in the area of parliamentary conduct, there is a lack of accountability and regulation in relation to lobbying. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that this report will get published soon 
and uh, we can have a public discussion about the need for much better regulation of the whole lobbying industry. Can I ask then, Robert, if, if hypothetically, if a firm is found to have undertaken undisclosed and unpaid double hatting, which then would be a significant undisclosed donation, probably over the Victorian donation threshold, should, yes. they, should they be allowed to remain on the lobbyist register or should they be excluded? Well, it all it all will depend, of course, on the particular yep. uh, circumstances of the case, the, the nature of the lobbying work, the, the, the volume of the contribution that's made, the, le the level of disclosure, if any. Um, so I, I think it's difficult to generalise. Yep. Plainly enough, the uh, lobbying regulations which we will want to propose um, would uh, enable action to be taken against lobbying, uh, particular lobbying, which might result in lobbyists being deregistered. Right. Robert, um, your report has clearly exposed that Victoria has fallen well behind other jurisdictions in the regulation of political parties and um, the sort of activities we've been discussing today. Uh, which state in Australia do you think uh, has the best model? Which state should we be looking to now to emulate in terms of our own regulatory framework? We had a meeting uh, of commissioners around Australia perhaps a month ago uh, and uh, what emerges from that is each, each state and territory has similar issues and, and there, is no, uh, there is no one regime which I would point to as being adequate. Um, there, are, there are little bits and pieces from each yeah. that are worthy of adoption I think it's probably been overstated to say Victoria is far worse than any of the others because they're, they're, unfortunately none of them have the broad and uh, comprehensive level of accountability which is really needed for all politicians. Can I just ask a final question, Robert? Are you surprised by what you found? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and one final one. You, uh, uh, look, look. Uh, if I just say this, Maka, um, there's a lovely article in today's age, which which focuses on the consequences for young people yes. that are wanting to go into politics, and who are faced with and learn very quickly what is expected of them if they are to follow the pathway of politics and um, succeed as a member of parliament it, it, it's a really sensitive article it is and um, li literally everything in it is worthy of consideration because it shows unfortunately the danger which politics always presents that in order to gain power or to stay in power necessity obviously dictates what one should do rather than doing what is right. Does. Robert Redlick, thank you for making yourself available this morning and more particularly, thank you for the work you do as, uh, at IBAC and, and the folk that work with you and the Ombudsman's Office. I do hope this report shines a light on a very dark corner 
you're welcome on air any time to talk about these issues or other issues. I really appreciate you making the time. I know it's not something you spend a lot of time doing, speaking to the media, so I really appreciate it. And your work and this report, and I encourage people to read it, so thank you. It's my pleasure, Maka. Thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. That was uh, the Honourable Robert Redlick AM, the Commissioner of the Independent Broad-Based Anti-Corruption Commission, in a rare media interview. You are on Sunday Magazine Joy 94.9 with Macker and Nick Reese. And that is it. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.